0: are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sun Devil fans, it is a Monday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, back here with you for a new week of everything Sun Devils content, whether it's football or basketball. Today, we're going to be breaking down some Pac-12 team statistics for basketball, looking at ASU's offense and defense, kind of seeing where they rank. Maybe we can identify some of the issues ASU is having so far this season, even though they're riding that two-game win streak. Then we're going to be talking about uh, betting odds for Wisconsin ASU are already currently opening up. That might change between now and December 30th when the game is actually played, especially as some players opt out of the bowl game. But we'll talk about uh, our thoughts on the betting odds as they stand. And then we're going to be coming at you with another fun segment talking about ASU players were surprised didn't make it in the NFL. There's a, a slew of them currently playing right now, and definitely some of the 2010s that had played that were ASU favorites that just didn't quite make it. But thank you so much for making Locked on of us your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode is also brought to you by Sonos, reinventing home audio for today and tomorrow. The smart home sound system help the world listen better. Richie, it's good to have you back on the podcast for a Monday edition, as per usual. Uh, how are you doing today, my friend?
1: Well, as you can tell by my voice, I am pretty much 100%, so I'm good. I'm very good, actually, because this is also the last week of school before I got two weeks off to enjoy, unwind, and relax, so Connor, I'm doing pretty good. In between now and then, we'll have plenty of Sun Devils basketball to watch,
0: a bowl game to watch for ASU, so definitely going to be a good time. And a lunch date sometime soon, since ASU uh, touchdowns. Anyways, CU. yeah, let's not talk about that. For example, actually, I think I even talked about that in the Friday edition, so it, it it's documented somewhere. So I, I am a man of my word,
1: unless I didn't pay for your lunch, which I was planning on not doing it, but I, I'm I'm putting it out there to the world right now. So if you don't, I'm gonna cut off one of your toes okay well i've only got one left so that's a bummer so let's talk
0: about right. let's talk about asu as a whole so w- we, we've watched them through i don't know if it's like roughly 10 12 games so far this season they, they've definitely played well through specific streaks i think we, we can definitely point to their offense being part of the problem now some of these these stats are probably a little skewed considering asu's game against what was it utah that they like totally just didn't show up for in either half of that game and they only put up like 29 points, whatever it was, 29, 32 points. I think it was 29, if my memory serves me. But ASU as a whole it is not playing well as so far this the season, specifically on the offensive side of the ball. We have highlighted Kamani Lawrence uh, a ton. After just about every single one of their games, uh, specifically after their wins, Kamani Lawrence has been a force this year for them. This is also a DJ Horn podcast. Connor. It is also a DJ Horn podcast. They are getting production from several players, which is definitely nice. However, looking at their competition in the Pac-12, it pales, pales in comparison to some of the, the top dogs, which at the end of the day, like when we're comparing ourselves to some of the better teams in the Pac-12 in terms of basketball, it's not a surprise to see us rank lower than them, but I guess it's it's surprising to see how significant the difference is. Coming in at number one in terms of total points per game is Arizona at 90.7. Now we've got to give credit where credit's due. We made fun of AS, or uh, sorry Arizona all football season long and we had their number for sure. Arizona's going to have our number in basketball this year, barring anything
1: nope. odd that happens. Nope. We got them. Going to sweep them. Are you sure about that? Bank on it. Okay. Well, don't tell Michael Luke that. I I would never.
0: Michael Luke, friend of the podcast, who hosts Locked on Wildcats. Definitely give him a listen as well. Puts out a lot of great um, Wildcat content. I don't know if I should say a lot of it, considering it's the Wildcats, but... When he does record a a podcast, which is Monday through Friday, puts out great stuff on them. Coming in at dead last is Arizona State at 64.7 points per game. 64.7 all the way to 90.7 from top to bottom in the Pac-12.
1: ASU is not a basketball school, Connor. They they are not a basketball school. That appears to be the case again this year, which is unfortunate because it, it felt like this could be a year where they contended for spot in the tournament they had some really solid players across the board and you know maybe Marcus Bagley makes a difference for this team and maybe they win a couple other games but for the most part this has been a very underwhelming season at least at least the start of it there is time to turn it around but the start the season very underwhelming and I mean the the box score reflects what we've seen this this is a team that has struggled to put up points and they've struggled to shoot the ball effectively and I mean you, you see it right in front of you it's not a good basketball team it's a very frustrating team to watch and unfortunately I'm not surprised by any of these stats that are right in front of me I mean looking at the points per game the field goal percentage the three-point percentage the free throw percentage even is terrible like there, there's nothing on this list that stands out to me and I'm like yeah you know what well at least we do that well Nothing, At least on the offensive side of the ball. To- totally right. So
0: I want to touch on something you just said mm-hmm. where you said we're not a basketball school, which for the most part is, is essentially true. But at the same time, like how, how terrible of an attitude? And I'm not saying you, but like that, that's kind of ASU almost as a whole in terms of their basketball program. It's like, well, ASU is really not a basketball school. But what if, uh, what, if, what if the coaching staff says that to the athletic director, right? What if they go to Ray Anderson and they tell him, well, we're not really a basketball school. Obviously, that answer is not going to fly. Regardless of whether we're a basketball school or not, they're certainly performing under their expectations. Now, I understand Marcus Bagley being out, anyone missing their best player is going to hurt. And Arizona State testing their depth early this season. They've got some players, but they really just don't have a team, and it's showing. So far, I don't want to knock their two-game win streak that they've got going on this year. Uh, but it, it, they're definitely struggling. So we talked about them being dead last in points per game. Uh, heavy reason to that is in terms of like total shots, right? It, their field goal percentage is tied for last with uh, Washington at point, essentially 39% of their shots they're making. That's, that's a true shooting percentage. So uh three point percentage uh, and everything inside the paint as well. 39% as a team, that's just, that's not going to win you any games, right? We, we've talked about their defense, and we'll, we'll talk about them towards the end of this uh, part of the podcast here. Definitely playing well at times this year, but when your offense is just doing you no favors, no favors, right? How, how do you expect to go on a run when you're making 39% as a team? It's not even so much just the three point percentage, which we'll talk about next, but everything shorter than that. Like if you can't make some of those easier shots and get you an easier two points, you don't have to live as much by the three-point percentage, or at least when you're taking those shots, especially when you need them.
1: No, you need to take what's given to you on the court, and unfortunately, ASU can't even do that. I mean, and and I can go straight to Marion Jackson, who feels like he can't hit the brats out of the barn, which is really unfortunate because he was another really, really big highlight uh, signing that we made. I, per- the I prefer couldn't hit water if you fell out of a boat. I, I mean, either, either way, it's it's pretty accurate, so... Or inaccurate. It, ah, look at you, a little tongue in cheek. But it—he—he's one of the biggest reasons why—why—why why, why ASU was struggling to score points right now is because he's a starter and because he takes so many shots. I mean, shoot or shoot, but what's the point when you're not making anything? He's one of those guys where I'm almost more comfortable when the ball's not in his hands.
0: There's a there's like a, a little gif or a video that comes around every year during the March Madness tournament. And you probably know what I'm talking about. It's this guy in the gym who like is shooting this basket and it's got a net behind it. And then right below the hoop, it's got like this little machine that feeds the ball back to him. And he's just taking these like totally yes, obscure yeah, shots yeah, 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 yeah. and it's not even coming <laughs> not even anywhere close. Yes. And unfortunately that's the image I have right now with Marion Jackson looking at his total like field goal percentage. We can talk about that another day, but every box score we look at when we're watching him during the games, definitely very frustrating. It, it Like shoot or shoot. Like I, I want him to take his, his, his shots and get his confidence up. But when he's not making them, it just makes it 10 times harder to watch. So uh, in, to- in, sorry, in terms of total uh, field goal percentage, Not a surprise towards the bottom there. They're only making 29% as a team. College is is interesting. There are definitely guys who are just legit shooters, even in college. It's not the NBA, but I would like to see that closer to 35%. To put that in perspective, 35% would be, I mean, essentially second in the Pac-12. So that's not necessarily realistic. But below 30%, is just not going to get it done. They need to increase that a little bit. Not so much taking more shots, but just being more efficient with those. And their free throw throw percentage is at least a little bit more respectable. Coming in at 7th out of 12, uh, making 69% as a team. Still not phenomenal, but it's not the thing that is killing them.
1: Dude, look at USC at 56%. Yeah, that's
0: got to be frustrating knowing that you're going up, especially later in games. If you're playing close in a game and you're playing ahead and teams fouling you, trying to get you some, uh, essentially forcing you to take those free throw attempts, if you're making 56% as a team, that's that's pretty depressing. Uh, towards the end of the Oregon game, when Jalen Graham, I remember he was going for a dunk, and his free throw percentage on the year was like 29%, and they fouled him.
1: And he missed them both.
0: He, no, he made one. He did make one. But it gave Oregon exactly the opportunity they needed because he made one of those two, it put us up three, and then Oregon went down on the next possession, and they tied it with a three. So if you could have just taken the dunk, which, uh, again, I think I even said after that podcast, we are not gonna come, we're, we shouldn't really complain about getting calls, right? You don't ever hear people talk about that. But Jalen Graham getting fouled there, just not a deal. So if USC is doing that as a team, definitely definitely depressing. So with that, let's look at uh, just a couple of de- defensive stats as well. Uh, we talked about ASU had 13 blocks against GCU last week, which was a school record. Uh, so currently, uh, they have—sorry, uh, or sorry, I, I'm looking at steals first. So as far as steals per game goes, not their strongest. Uh, it, it's definitely not their weakest either in terms of defense. They come in at fifth out of 12. Uh, Dude, everything I look at as far as the box score goes, Arizona is at the top. Arizona is just absolutely killing it this year, so definitely good for them.
1: I mean, not not a surprise because Arizona is pretty close to being a to being a, a blue blood school when it comes to as far as like yeah, as far as
0: like not being like a Kentucky or uh, a
1: North Carolina yeah, exactly. dude to Kansas not
0: being one of them they they feel like they've been the the step below obviously that was going to say they're in, they're in that next tier the last couple of years they've struggled and everything going on with uh, their scandal of like paying players and everything and I'm, I'm struggling to remember their uh, previous Sean type, Miller yeah yeah under Sean Miller but obviously yeah, how
1: dare they how dare they pay players I can't even imagine. Definitely doesn't happen at other schools. No, never, ever. Um, DeAndre Aiden, I still love you, though. Yeah.
0: Uh, but ASU coming in with 5.9 steals per game, which was, again, fifth in terms of the Pac-12. And again, total blocks. They just talked about them having 13 against GCU, both them up to 5.1 per game, only behind Arizona by about 1.5 blocks. So defensively, this team does come to play, even if it's not as consistent. I'll tell you what, though, what does kill the defensive uh, intensity sometimes it is the offensive side of the ball. When you are playing your heart out on defense to get those block steals, uh, trying to just disrupt the other team, and you're, you're driving down the other end of the court with almost no confidence in making that shot, that's got to drive the defense down, I would think, a little bit, right? So with that, let's talk uh, about Wisconsin versus ASU. The betting odds uh, have been released officially for that game. Uh, again, I'm sure they'll change over the next couple weeks. But we'll talk about the initial betting lines and our thoughts on that. You're listening to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast.
1: We've been telling you guys about Price Picks, and if you still haven't signed up, what are you waiting for? In addition to college football action, Price Picks makes college basketball more exciting. Price Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy with more college football and basketball props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you might not have ever heard of. Price Picks offers any prop that you can think of. It includes points, rebounds, assists, threes made, and more. Here's the best part: all new users that sign up today and use the promo code Locked On will receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use the promo code Locked On. Here's how it works: you pick two to five players and an over there in their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And the best part is it's just you versus projected numbers. Price Picks also allows mixed sports entries, where you can take the over on Embiid and combine it with the under on Aaron Rodgers and the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PriceFix is safe and offers fast withdrawals, so don't hesitate. Check out PriceFix.com. Remember to use that promo code locked on or go to the App Store and download the app today. PriceFix is daily fantasy made easy. we we'll are back with the second segment for the
0: one-day edition of the Locked On Centipals podcast, talking about the betting odds for Wisconsin and ASU at the Vegas Bowl. Richie, I know we talked about this before the podcast. Really quick, before we talk about the number, are you surprised so far at, at the spread for Wisconsin versus Arizona? Um, it right. is Arizona State. I'm so sorry. I'm so, please, please, please don't fire me. I can't afford
1: it. I've got a kid to feed. Exactly why it's my podcast. I can't. I can't because afford Because I would never make that mistake. Anyways, are you surprised? I, I'm surprised that U of A made it to the Las Vegas Bowl, yes. <laughs> but... Since we're talking about the good Arizona college, Arizona State opens up as minus or uh, uh, seven point underdogs, excuse me, to Wisconsin. and I'm not surprised by that. I think Wisconsin should be the favorites coming into this game because they're the better football team and they're not dealing with as many as, as many losses on this roster. I know I know Arizona state is mostly. 100% on both sides of the ball, but they are missing their top two running backs, and I think that is going to be a, a a definite, not not a difference maker in this game, but it's going to be a factor. And because of that, and because of the fact that Wisconsin has uh, Braylon Allen, yeah, I, I really like Wisconsin in this game.
0: So, surprised that Wisconsin's a favorite? No. I'm surprised they're not favorites by more. Do we have any other players that are currently... Uh, opting out of the bowl game so far? Not that I'm aware of. Because there's there's going to be other ASU players who are are essentially draft hopefuls. There's not too too many locks outside of Rashad White. Maybe a, a Darian Butler. Um, maybe a Jack Jones. But it, that's probably about it as far as like almost locks go. It, but that's even in like seven rounds, right? I'm not saying that's uh, with it, with just a ton of confidence, but. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised between now and then we have a couple other ASU players opt out for this game, but minus seven, i I'm not saying I feel comfortable taking that bet because I think as of right now, Wisconsin's been a very quality team. They were uh, ranked per, for a decent amount of time in the second half of the season compared to ASU who had fallen out of it, um, especially going up against Braylon. I'm just surprised that the spread's not more in favor of Wisconsin.
1: See, this is where I will disagree with you because Arizona State's defense is going to be... Darian Butler and Merlin Robertson and company are going to be back. And that defense has been rock solid this year. And Wisconsin is like a one-trick pony. Like, they could run the heck out of the football. It's not just Braylon Allen. They got other quality guys behind him because Allen wasn't even starting the whole year. So they've got quality running backs there. But they can't pass the football. Remember, they have more interceptions than touchdown passes this year. So, and, and ASU's, ASU is one of those teams that can really take away your strength if you're not balanced on both sides of the ball, or not both, both sides of the ball, but both facets of the offense. Yep. And with Wisconsin not being balanced, I think that ASU can r- really, really limit what Wisconsin wants to do. So, I think this ends up being a low-scoring game. Obviously, we're going to preview this more in the coming weeks as we get ready for this game because we're still... A little over two weeks away, but in the meantime, as of right now and as as the way it stands, I think that seven points, um, I, I feel like it probably should have been six and a half because I think that ASU can keep this within a touchdown.
0: I was about to say, can I make a prediction, but it sounds like you're not going to like it. I think by the time the game starts, I think it will at least be Wisconsin nine and a half point favorites. I, and 9.5 and feels like a weird number. I feel like I don't see that too, too often, right? Um, but I think it's going to move
1: closer in Wisconsin's favor between now and then. See, and I think it's going to move closer to ASU's. So, gentlemen's bet? Sure. Gentlemen's bet. I will say I probably
0: have the advantage because there's not a ton of, of room for that to, to go down. It's not like ASU's playing at home. Even though they're playing a little bit closer to Arizona, um, where ASU fans will probably be able to travel maybe a little bit more than Wisconsin fans. Like me. Um, But I I don't think that has nearly as much wiggle room to go down. But, I I mean, on on either side, uh, and either team, I should say, as more players begin to opt out for the bowl game, um, it it could change here and there. So uh, an interesting thing that we'll be watching during this game is without Rashad White, without Chip Trenum, starting at running back, is going to be Daniel Nagata. And granted, it's only going to be a one game sample size. We've seen him flash a little bit throughout the year. Daniel Nagata is going to get the full workload, or at least we expect him to, right? Short of like maybe Jackson he or George Hard or somebody else uh, potentially getting some other carries. Daniel Nagata is probably going to see 20, 20 plus touches, right? So that'll be kind of a fun narrative for us to watch. Do we have a little bit something more fo- like to look forward to? Um, I think depending on who you talk to, some other ASU experts feel that having Daniel Nagata on the roster. Makes losing Chip Trainem less painful. Um, Chip Trainem probably the, not probably, is the better prospect, but Daniel Nagata, I think, does not get the credit he deserves. So that'll be something fun for us to watch. Now, if neither team is going to be able to pass the ball very well, even with ASU missing their top two running backs, let's say Daniel Nagata does not play incredibly well and ASU has to pass the ball. Do you feel incredibly confident in that, even though they're going up against a Wisconsin team that doesn't pass the ball
1: nearly as well either? I I I do feel confident that ASU can run the ball, and I I do feel confident that we can slow down their run game. So it just I, I think these two teams match up pretty evenly with you, with each other, Connor. And I, I, obviously, this will be something that we get more in the detail with when once the game starts to roll around. But as it stands right now, I think we can run the ball, and I think we can stop the run.
0: Okay, that's fair enough. Like Richie had mentioned, we'll definitely be previewing this game uh, quite a bit more as we get closer to December 30th. Just as the initial betting lines came up, we wanted to talk about that, and we'll see how it changes over the next couple weeks. Stick with us a little bit later in this podcast. We're going to be breaking down some ASU players were, I guess not mad, were just disappointed they didn't make a little bit more of themselves in the NFL. You're listening to the Lockdown On podcast. Let's talk for a minute about kicking things up a notch for the big game, the grand stage, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away and on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL, is the only place to score a -a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package to the big game. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with college stars turned NFL legends Troy Aikman, Marcus Allen, Tim Brown, and more, plus accommodations at five-star LA hotels and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit OnLocationExp.com SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl On Location. That's OnLocationExp.com SB56
1: or search Super Bowl On Location. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar, Built Bar. filled with so much holiday goodness, rich and decadent flavor, covered in chocolate but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy, with so many different flavors. Between raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, there's so many different options to choose from. Because it's the season of peace and love, don't bring up your favorite Bilt Bar flavor at family parties, because people get so passionate about their favorite flavor, they'll fight for it, and things could get out of hand. Are you friends with Santa? Well, tell Santa to throw a few built bars in those stockings. With so many flavors, they'd make anybody's Christmas morning a happy one. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order at built.com.
0: Welcome back to the third part of the podcast for today. We're going to be talking about ASU players that did not quite make it in the NFL, or at least didn't meet our expectations. We can talk about quite a few different decades. However, uh, we're going to be specifically focusing primarily on the last 10 or so years. Richie, why don't we break it down? Either pick one of the most recent players or even your favorite player that you like watch playing at ASU that just didn't quite
1: make it into the NFL. Favorite player. We'll start there. And that's Jalen Strong. Man, Jalen was just one of those dudes who just, the ball was anywhere in his in his like area code. He was coming down with it. And he made the circus catches, he made the contested catches, he was ruthless. I mean, the dude was just a friggin' baller. I thought he should have been a first-round pick. I thought that Baltimore... He ended up being a third-round pick, Third-round pick, yes. So, I thought he should have been a first-round pick, and I thought the Baltimore Ravens should have drafted him, and they ended up with Rashad Perriman, so called a wash, I guess. But, yeah, Jalen was a stud, and I mean, he's come out since and talked about how... The Texans organization, specifically Bill O'Brien, kind of ruined the game of football for him because of the way that it was simply a business and the fact that Bill obviously was was a very toxic head coach. And it's very unfortunate that a a player of his caliber ended up losing love for the game that he grew up playing and worked so hard to get to that level. And it's really unfortunate that he didn't pan out. And like I said, just my all-time favorite Sun Devil. And it, it was a bummer. To see that he did not turn out to be what I thought he could have been,
0: I, doubt, I know you're definitely not putting this more on Bill O'Brien, but to me, that's like maybe one percent Bill O'Brien why he didn't work out. You know, if, if he was meant to, he would have gone to a different team. Which he almost made it the the cycle in the uh, the AFC South, right? Who did he not play for? He didn't play for the Titans, I think.
1: Did right? he play for the Colts? I th- I don't think he did. We'll have to look that up. He played with he played with the Browns, the Jags, and and Houston. So. You go ahead and look that up, and I'll go ahead and get us started with our next. Deal. So I wasn't sure to include him because he's still playing, but Nikhil Harry's another guy that I feel like we need to talk about. Another receiver who was a contested catch guy, but unlike Jalen, after the catch, whenever the ball was in his hands, Nikhil created. And it, it was just ridiculous the things that he was able to do whenever the ball was in his hands, whether it was behind the line of scrimmage. Like, I remember his, uh, his freshman year, he took this end around – I, I want to say it was against Utah went all the way to one side of the field, cut it way back to the complete opposite side and ended up scoring a touchdown. And it was just insane. And he only got better with each year. And he was one of those guys who, again, I wanted the Baltimore Ravens to draft because we've just needed a receiver. And obviously I, I would love a Arizona state player to become a Baltimore Raven, but that's neither here nor there, but, as of right now, he's not done anything, and it doesn't look like he's going to do anything anytime soon.
0: No, he's being heavily outplayed by that same year. I believe he was undrafted. I don't think he was a seventh-round pick. I think he was undrafted. was uh Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers was undrafted, yes. Uh, short of, I think, in the touchdown department, Nikhil Harry might have more receiving touchdowns than him. He definitely Like, does. seriously, by, like, one or two. Like, I, I would bet uh, Nikhil doesn't have any more than three receiving touchdowns. However, uh, Jacoby Myers does have two more passing touchdowns than him, so... Nikhil Harry definitely not working out like we were supposed to. A little side note for any Cardinals fans. He was picked literally the pick right in front of them in 2018. 2019.
1: 2019. 2019. Nikhil Harry was in 2019.
0: But I thought he was the same year we took Kyler. No. Well, Kyler was 2019 anyway, so. Oh, wait, yes. We're both right. Yes. Uh, So they took uh, Byron Murphy with the next pick, and I know it was pretty heavily floated around in the Twitterverse that uh, if Tequila Harry admitted to us, he was probably going to be our pick, which I I think we can have a little sigh of relief there. So his career is not done, so he definitely has time, but at the same time, definitely not looking like he's going to live up to that first round uh, draft hype. Uh, but how about we start with a, a slew of ASU running backs and, and take your pick. Marion Grice, uh, we can talk about uh, DJ Foster. Eno you know, Benjamin's currently in his, is literally his second season. So he's nowhere near that bus category. By Kalen Balazs. Kalen Balazs is still playing. He, he's on his fourth team though, right? Cause he was drafted at by least, Miami. At
1: least his fourth team.
0: Miami, the Jets, I feel like he was with the Chargers, but I, I think... Yes, he was. And then he's he been with, with Pittsburgh. With Pittsburgh for like yeah. a, a season, I think, a total. He played with them now in two different seasons. So. I don't think he's even with the Steelers right now. I, I think he's with another team. He he may or may not be. So Belage for sure. So he had, what was it? How many touchdowns in a game? He had, uh, he tied an NCAA record seven. At, at seven. I think they definitely tried to push him for that eighth one. So Belage, not so much that we expected him to just be an NFL caliber running back. Uh, At least in terms of like maybe the the top tier talent for the NFL. He is Uh, with the Steelers currently. So, but he's just never really gotten it going wherever he's been. Um, Definitely a bit more of a bummer. DJ Foster was definitely a a fun watch for me. Uh, Watching him go to the Patriots, it felt like uh, he was going to be this dump off, dump off option for Tom Brady. So I I remember him going to New England uh, thinking that, man, that was going to be probably really good for his career. It's not so much that the Patriots have had a ton of great NFL running backs, um, but you would have thought if anyone can get the most out of them, it might have been Bill Belichick. Uh, Also spending a little bit of time in Arizona, uh, but ASU not necessarily putting out, they they have running backs in the NFL, none that are currently playing extremely well. And I think DJ Foster might even be in the Canadian Football League as of now, uh, if I'm not mistaken. What about Will Sutton? Uh, defensive tackle oh taken by goodness. the Bears, which I can't remember if it was like a second second or third round pick. It was a third round pick. But Richie, you were saying it. I totally had forgotten about this. But back-to-back defensive Pac-12 player of the year, Will Sutton, ASU fan favorite. So
1: def- Future future ASU Hall of Famer. I mean, Will Sutton was Aaron Donald before Aaron Donald, I, college-wise, obviously. But he was just a friggin' monster. If he had come out in the 2013 draft, which we look back and it was one of the worst draft classes ever, he would have been a first-round pick, and there was a real chance that he would have been the first defensive tackle off the board. Which in that class you had uh, Starla Tululei, Kwan Short, um, Sharif Floyd, and there was one other guy who I'm blanking on at the moment. But there there was a lot there was a lot of decent defensive tackle depth in that class, and Will Sutton would have been. Right near the top. I mean, he was just unbelievable. And he was a penetrator. He got pressure and sacks and cleaned up everything that was in his way. And Connor, it's just it, another lazy comparison. He was undersized. He was only like six foot one and he was closer to 300 pounds. So, very literally, very literally, was Aaron Donald before Aaron Donald. I
0: could totally be missing on this, but where else did he play? Because I feel like he played with uh, like maybe the Eagles or something. Does that sound um, familiar at all?
1: Not off the top of my head. I will look it up while we keep going. But in the meantime... He was a third-round pick, by the way, while we're looking this up. So officially a third, not a second. Yes. The The last guy I wanted to bring up was Brock Osweiler, who I just... I thought that he was going to be a stud. So real quick, he, he played for uh, Minnesota and the 49ers. He was on their practice squad, talking about Will Sutton. But anyways, Brock Osweiler, big, strong-arm quarterback, all the intangibles. He was a second-round pick. He got developed behind Peyton Manning. I definitely thought, and dude, it's funny. I'm sure if you go through my Twitter, you could probably find this, but I remember when Ryan Mallett was also getting developed behind Tom Brady, I thought that Brock Osweiler and Ryan Mallett was going to be the next big rivalry in the NFL, and now both of them are out of the league. Richie, we're recording the podcast. You can't say that stuff out loud. That's okay. I— I have made way, way worse takes than I'm sure you could find if you if you uh, went through my Twitter. And you can find that at RichieBrats36. But Osweiler, man. And there were a few games in that 2015 season where the Broncos won the Super Bowl in spite of their quarterbacks. Where Osweiler looked like he could have been. Starting quality. He ends up going uh, to Houston on that like four-year, $72 million deal. And then they traded him and a first-round pick to Cleveland. Just, just to get, to get him contract. off the rocks. Uh, literally the next season. Yes, literally the next season.
0: He was probably with Cleveland for I think maybe a season, season and a half. Uh, t- essentially until Just they enough to cut eat him. the contract. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. I, I really quick, you talked about the twenty fifteen season, the games.
1: Obviously the highlight was going to New England, uh in New England. So I think well, that game was in Denver, buddy. But I know what you're talking about. Was it in New I'm England? Almost
0: positive it was in New England. It was though.
1: Sunday night football though and they go to overtime, and he hits CJ Anderson on that screen, and he takes it to the house. That's why I think it was just such a bigger deal is because he beat Tom Brady
0: in New England at the time, which yeah, I don't want to call it a, co- a quarterback controversy because after that, he might have played kind of okay for a couple games, and then he was really faltering before Manning got healthy, uh, before they ultimately came back and won the Super Bowl in spite of that offense that season. So uh, there, there's definitely other Sun Devils that we could have pointed to, and obviously there, there's uh, been some NFL success in the meantime. Uh, but if you guys have specific players off the top of your head that you were uh, you had higher hopes for going into the NFL, tweet us on Twitter. Uh, as Richie mentioned, you can find him at RichieBrads36 uh, with a Z. You can find me at Cedrios. We also have our uh, Twitter page for Locked on Sun Devils. That's at LO underscore, uh, underscore Sun Devils. We also have content that comes out Monday through Friday. Make sure to subscribe and never miss an episode for Locked on Sun Devils. You can find us on Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Odyssey app. But thank you so much for making us your first listen every day. We're going to be previewing ASU's game against Creighton, hopefully going for a third game in a row in terms of the win column. But now make your second listen, Locked On Bets. They're going to be your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. You keep it locked on right here with the Locked On Settles podcast.